0: funny. (laughs) Good morning everyone. My name is Dawn and I'm one of the pastors here. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. I just want to say happy Mother's Day um, to every mother that's out there and I hope that you are blessed and feel encouraged today. Um, I also want to bless the adopted moms too. There's a lot of, um, even if you're not a biological mom, you probably have um, teens or adults that you kind of take under your wing and you, um, I feel like God wants to honor you as well. Um, I realized that just in this year, that as the seasons of my life have evolved as, as a mom, um, so does my experience on each Mother's Day. Our kids are getting older and it's a lot more sentimental each year. Um, you know, I think I only have two girls here this today. <laughs> oh, and Erica too, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Um, it's really important for all of us to be aware that there are some women with us in our lives that today, in their current season of life, may not experience a day full of joy, kind of like what Luke was sharing. Some may have currently have a strained relationship with their mother. Some are mothers that have lost a child or is a child that has lost their mother. Some may have fertility challenges, desperately wanting to become a mother, or we just want to be, and we just want to be able to acknowledge you and say that we love you and that we are here for you. And I think everyone in this room can experience that or know someone that has experienced that. Um, so, would you just join me um, as we pray and open up um, this uh, service, Lord? Lord, I thank you for um, each mother that is here today, Lord. I thank you for even the adopted moms that we have in our lives, Lord. What a blessing they are. What a blessing that um, mothers, grandmothers, great-grandmothers, I pray that you would um, just bless this service, speak to us, and open our hearts and our minds to what you have for us today. In your holy name, amen. So before I start um, my sermon today, I want to I would like to recap the last week's sermon. If you missed the service, we have all of our sermons on YouTube. How many of you guys have um, gone on YouTube and just seen if you've missed a week? You can go ahead and um, just scroll there and find that. Um, so this sermon series we've been talking about is Empowered. A couple weeks ago, Terry Rapley talked about being on the sidelines of Christianity and how the Holy Spirit can help us step out of our comfort zones and get off of the sidelines. Last week, Luke talked about how the Holy Spirit helps in times of need and healing in our lives. He also talked about um, living and walking with the Spirit, living our faith out, living what we experience with Jesus. So we're going to take a break from our sermon series, Empowered, and I'd like, I would like to talk about what it means to have a flourishing life. I have a flourishing life alongside of Jesus. What is it like to live a good life? If you just think about that, what's it like to live a good life? In Psalms 1, 2 through 3, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the river banks bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Ooh, I've got tricky hands today. (laughs) I always like holding the mic because it gives me some sort of security. (laughs) I find the um, earpiece a little distracting, so just bear with me. So we're invited to have faith in God, all things as they ought to be. We are to delight in God's law. The kingdom of God lives within us and lets us experience the good life. I would like to focus on the book of John, chapter 10, today. So let's read John 10, 1 through 15. I tell you the truth, anyone who see, sneaks over the wall of the sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief or a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognizes his voice and comes to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. So those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant. So he explained to them, I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. And all who came before me were thieves and robbers. But the, sh- the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely, and they will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them rich and satisfying life. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for his sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hands run away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my shepherd, or I know my sheep, and they know me, just as my father knows me and I know the father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. So this passage is talking about eternal life with the shepherd, Jesus. He is our shepherd and he wants us to have the good life. If we are completely honest with ourselves, sometimes we want the good life without Jesus. Maybe it's been a stressful week or honestly, um, some of us might show up for church for just church, this church service. Maybe it's been a stressful stressful week, we sign our kids or grandkids into kids' church, we worship, we give of our finances, maybe give of our times and our giftings, but we have to be honest with ourselves. It is something we try to have control over. We may even want to have control over how we get there, how we get to experience God. Sometimes we want to have control over that. But this is not what Jesus um, invites us to. Jesus is the shepherd, and he wants to protect us and lead us. He wants to lead the way and have us trust him and have faith in him. So let's go back to the book of John 9, 1 through 12. Um, I'm just going to summarize this a little, because Luke actually talked about this scripture last week. Um, And so... I'll just read a little bit of it and then summarize it. Jesus was walking alongside. He saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man blind from, uh, why was this man blind, born blind? Sorry, (laughs) it's a tongue twister. (laughs) Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming, and then no one can work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. Then the the spit on the ground made mud with the saliva, and and he spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. He told him, go wash yourself in a pool of um, shalom, which means scent. So the man sent... Or the man went and washed and came back, seeing his neighbors and others, who knew him as a blind beggar, asked each other, "Isn't this man who who used to sit and who was used to sit and beg?" Some said he was, and the others said, "No, he looks like he looks just like him." But the beggar kept saying, "Yes, I am the same one." They asked, "Who healed you? What happened?" He told them, "The man they called Jesus made mud and." Sp- and spread it over my eyes and told me, Go to the pool of Shalom and wash yourself. So I went and washed, and now I can see. Where is he now? They asked, I don't know, he replied. So sometimes when you're trying to read scripture, you have to kind of go back and do some homework. Um, you have to read a little bit before the chapter to see what is going on in the story and put it back into context. So there was this man who was blind since birth the pharisees asked rabbi the rabbi who sinned in this time area era if someone experienced something other than the good life they thought that someone somewhere had done something wrong i think that we think that even nowadays we think that for instance some might um, experience maybe like a your neighbor had something negative that happened to them And sometimes maybe you would even catch yourself saying, well, that's what they get for doing whatever they just, they get what they deserve. They deserve that. I think everyone has been caught doing that a time or two. Um, In John 19, 13 through 16, the Pharisees continue to challenge the blind man because Jesus did a miracle on Sabbath, which was breaking the law. And then let's skip to verse 30 in chapter 9 of John. Why, there's, there's very strange, the man replied. He healed my eyes, and yet you do not know where he comes from. The blind man corrects the Pharisees. The Pharisees throw him out of the synagogue, which we call the church building today. Jesus finds the man that was blind, and this leads up to chapter 10 in John. Like the Pharisees, we try to get close to God and follow all the rules. I'm a big rule follower, kind of. Like, it's funny, I, I always say I'm a rule follower, but then other times I'm not. So it's most of the time I follow rules. Um, but sometimes we just need to trust and have faith that Jesus has a plan and know the outcome. Just like the Pharisees, we try to get close to God and follow all the rules. So let me talk to mothers and grandmothers today again. We try to teach our kids rules. Maybe look both ways when they're younger. Look both ways before you cross the street. Don't touch a hot stove. Do your chores or there'll be consequences. That's an ongoing conversation in our family um, because my kids don't have any chores. (laughs) So they don't get any consequences, I guess. I don't know. Luke and I are still trying to figure that out. We want them to have the good life, or just be happy. I'm super guilty of that as well. I always say, I just want my kids to be happy in life. You know, I just want them to do what they what they feel like they are happy to do, and um, what their plan is after high school and college. I just want them to be happy. But this is this isn't a flourishing life. God wants all of us to have a flourishing life. And to have a flourishing life, we need to abide by his laws and have faith in Jesus. Jesus comes into the New Testament to fulfill the law of the Old Testament. In Matthew 5, 17, it reads... I don't know what it reads. (laughs) Let me look (laughs) really quick. Sorry. Mm Sorry. sorry. (laughs) Okay. Matthew 5, 17. Don't misunderstand why I I have come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophet. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. So you might be thinking right now, wow, rules, laws, commands. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I haven't had rules since I was a kid. So maybe breaking the rules is doesn't really speak to you. Maybe you are a rule, a rule follower. But let's say maybe it's food. Maybe it's eating too much, using different things to fill us. Maybe it's eating too much and then hiding the food so nobody else eats it. <laughs> Sometimes we don't like to talk about what we consume in our bodies or our minds. It's important to talk about them from time to time and just be honest with yourselves. Maybe it's shopping too much, spending too much money, spending the money that you do not have. Social media, what we watch or read. Another example is for the main caregiver in the family, the husband or the wife, everyone's equal. Okay, the kids are okay. You might be saying the kids are okay. We're home for the night, but wow, what a stressful day. I need a couple of glasses of wine or alcohol. It's important to be careful about what, about all of the stuff that you consume in your bodies or your minds. Stuff that consumes your heart because it could take over your entire life. There, there won't be enough room for the Holy Spirit in our lives if we consume too much of anything. We all do a thing. Maybe it's where your mind goes. Maybe you're lost in your thoughts or that you are not actually present in your family or life right now, you can miss the flourishing life that takes control over our lives or takes control of ourselves and eliminates God from having um, total control of your life. When we are in the mode of desperately filling ourselves up with more and more things that, that we think will satisfy, we learn quickly that those things never truly satisfy. Only God can truly satisfy our needs and desires and dreams. In John 10, 9, it says, Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pasture. So I am God. You will be able to come and go and be be in a safe place like this pasture. The pasture is a place of rest. If you're looking for a place of rest and you're physically looking for something to read, I would encourage you to read the book of Psalms. All the book of Psalms are very just... Most of them are very peaceful, Um, tranquility. That's like my goal in life is to have peace, quiet, and tranquility. Um, A lot of times our kids or even, Lukey's very outgoing and social and loud and boisterous. And I'm like, there's no peace and tranquility in our home. (laughs) So if you're looking for that, I would encourage you to read the Psalms. And today I'm going to read Psalms 23, 1 through 6. And maybe just breathe through this as I'm reading it. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, brings honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. So if we really believe that we live in a God-fulfilled world and give God total control of our lives and our world, a safe place comes with that. There's only one way in, and that is through Jesus. Anyone can get into the door. The door is open to anyone, everyone. Whether you like that person or not, it's for everyone. In John 9 9 and 10, Jesus is telling the Pharisees that they aren't the shepherds that they're supposed to be. He's telling them that they are thieves and robbers. Jesus knows his sheep. And they know his voice, like we were talking about in John 20, 10, 27. Jesus knows them by name. Just like the sheep, Jesus leads us, his children, by going ahead of us, and we follow him because we know his voice. He himself is our way. He is our gate, our self-sacrificial good shepherd. He is looking out for us. He laid down his life so that we can experiencing, experience a, a flourishing life. I've always considered myself a follower. Until I read this passage, I understood that Jesus wanted me to follow um, his leading um, and not follow others. And I always thought it was bad to be a follower. So I kind of translated that into like, let's follow Jesus instead People who know me usually know that I have—I um, don't have very many opinions. The introvert peacemaker comes out quite a bit in my role here at the Vineyard. So I think that God challenges me just to be a quiet leader. I am challenged to make the right decisions, to seek God first, and then follow his leading. So going back to what Jesus said, this is a perfectly safe place for you to be. I'm not saying that we won't get hurt in this process. Jesus himself knows what it is like to get hurt or let down by people you trust. Some of those people hung him on a cross. He died for our sins and he died for us. We all have gone through something that hurts us. It could be a loss of a relationship. It could be a physical loss in your family or friends. And that is what hurt is. Through these these hurts, it forever changes our lives that experience those who who have hurts or losses. You may have gone through hurt and asked God, why is this happening to me? Haven't I done all the right things? Haven't I followed all the rules? Or God, how could you have let this happen to this person or that family? Why, God? I think we've all been there. When you get to this point, you need to ask help um, from other individuals. The reality is sometimes we can't get to that point by ourselves. Sometimes we need help getting to the feet of Jesus, and that's okay. I've been a follower of Jesus most of my life, but I know that when certain things come up in my life that are hard, I usually need a lot of help um, getting back to the feet of Jesus or the pastor to find rest, God's rest. Sometimes all you need is to find someone to sit and cry with, someone to process out loud with, someone, sorry. Someone to walk alongside of you and support you while you're going through difficult things. When we go through hard situations, we need to remember that God gives us hope and that he can trust us or that we can trust him, sorry. When you try to take control over situations, then you are all that you have. Our identity has to be rooted in God. We all are children of God. He deeply loves all of us he is our shepherd and our trust needs to be found in him so even though we can so even though we can find rest and peace in a relationship with jesus that doesn't mean that we are free from harm things happen in our lives all the time that are unexplainable but we are free from hurt jesus is right by our side to carry that hurt in the midst of pain, Jesus will care for us. We just need to remember to turn everything to him and let go of that control. Just let it go. So it kind of reminds me of when you're a parent, and let's say you hear your child crying. You might not see them, but you know that that is your child that is making all that noise. Isn't it magical? Sorry. Okay. I'm going to get a tissue. Isn't it magical that, I like using the word magical. (laughs) It's magical. Um, Isn't it magical that each parent can identify their child's cry? So if you're a child, if your child were to cry in a room like this and you didn't even see them, you wouldn't you would know. Oh yeah, that's my kid. And <laughs> this yeah, they're fine. Everyone else is freaking out, but they're fine. <laughs> in the same way, Jesus our shepherd calls us individually and he knows our voice. Personally, not just in a crowd or a group, but individually. He has called us and knows us by name. <clears throat> Just like the sheep know his voice. So we need to learn to hear and discern God's voice. We need to hear it not only individually, but in a community like this as well. So how do we respond to this? We have to listen to Jesus. We have to listen for Jesus. In fact... We are responding to what Jesus already did for us. He died on the cross for us, and he desires to have a relationship with us, and he wants us to hear his voice. So as we've been talking about the voice today, you might be thinking, gosh, I have never heard the voice of God, (laughs) or... I have never asked to hear the voice of God. How do you even get to that point? What do you say? Like, what, what kind of prayers do you say? I'll tell you now, it's just a conversation with him. Lord, I'd love to hear your voice today. What do you have for me today? Since Jesus desires for us to have a flourishing life alongside of him, we need to start listening to him. So if you'd like to start listening to God's voice today, Let's join together and let's ask to hear his voice. So I'm gonna invite Jen and Luke to come up here and I'll just um, invite everyone to stand up as we close.